Welcome to The Main Thing. I am your host, Evan Borelli, and each week I'm going to bring you conversations around keeping God at the forefront of your life and how to keep your mind sharp in a chaotic world. Let these words drive you and inspire you to always be better. But Lee, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to um, sit down and chat with me. I know we got we're virtual because we have to, you know, respect social distancing, but we have our virtual <laughs> coffees in our hands, and um, I just I appreciate you coming out here. Absolutely, man. I'm honored that you, that you asked me to be a part of what you're doing, and uh, I'm happy to join and have to talk and let people know who I am. Heck yeah, man. Well, I'll just give um I'll give everyone a small background, and then I'll I'll throw the mic over to you. So for for the listeners' uh, enjoyment, Lee Lee Davis is one of my good buddies. We actually lived together for. I want to say it was like six months in mm-hmm. Charleston in between. I was just getting done training for the army and I was in between jobs and Lee was down there and you're still in Charleston now, right? That's right. Yeah. So lived together, um, you know, got after it, super motivated, went to school together, um, school being college. And um, Lee's just one of those guys that's got a really good mindset when it comes to, you know, pushing your body to physical limits and uh, really trying to understand what the human mind and body are capable of. So I think he's got a pretty cool story, but Lee, if you want to give everybody your, your, your full blown background, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I was kind of born, you know, born and raised in Charleston. I grew up in a small town called uh, Monk's Corner. And uh, like you said, went to school with you. Um, We uh, were in a group that I know Evan has mentioned a few times called Summer All Guards. So uh, that was a that was a fun time, uh, and that was a good way to test our physical limits in college while we were there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm an engineer. Uh, I've ran a few ultras. I wouldn't call myself an ultra runner. Just like I fished a few times, I really wouldn't call myself a fisherman though. And uh, <laughs> so I just like to partake in it. Do a little bit of CrossFit. Uh, I did one bodybuilding show. And uh, I really started out with my whole fitness journey in middle school when the big goals for everybody was to bench 135 and have a six-pack abs. <laughs> so I was like, man, I, I got to get after that. That's how I'm going to get the girls. And uh, so my parents had some P90X Beachbody VHS tapes. And so I would throw those in the, the you know, VHS device and uh go and do get after it for like 30 minutes and soon after i started i started seeing what resembled a a six-pack abs and so i was like okay well i think i can keep doing this um so dad was going to a local gym and uh i would ask him to take me first time i stepped foot in that gym i'd already told everybody that i could bench 135 pounds so i was like okay well i've already told everybody this let's see if i can do it I put a hundred pounds on that bar, picked it up, and it fell right on my chest. Rolled down to my neck. Dad was in the locker room, so I had to shimmy one side, shimmy to the other, and let the weight fall on the floor. I was so embarrassed. Um, and so after that, I just, you know, decided, hey, if I'm gonna tell people that I'm doing this, then I gotta live up to it. And uh, I started going to the gym more in high school, and uh, surrounded myself with some people that like to work out and ended up getting after it for a while. And um, yeah, that's, that's where the fitness journey started. 
And the Summerall Guards taught me that uh, you can push yourself even further. And uh, so while me and Evan were living together, he gave me this book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. And Goggins is probably one of the best people to ever walk this earth. Oh, unbelievably motivating. <laughs> so, so moto. Yeah, just, I mean, he's, and, and what's awesome about him is if you really, really take his uh, word, he tells you that every person, you know, can do what he's doing. It's, it's nothing, uh, you, you don't have to put him up on a podium. He's, he's not a superhero. Yeah, he, um, he explains, like, his really rough childhood. And quite honestly, after reading the book, it was a little bit more intense of a rough childhood than the average person would ever imagine. So I think that, I mean, he says it, like, set him up for success, even though no one really sees it that way. He had to go through all that stuff in order to realize what he's actually capable of. So. Some people That's think right. that he like some people think that he's just like genetically way more fit or he's just got something, you know, wrong with his brain, but he's like, look, he's, you know, he's still self-conscious about the fact that he used to stutter. And so whenever he talks to people in a public setting, and he's done it a hundred times before, like he still gets nervous. And he's like this super hard squared away individual who's, you know, done all the training that he's done, but Leo, I was going to ask you well, first of all, you said the word ultra. I don't know if everyone understands what ultras are. <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're fresh, you're fresh off of one. I'm sure your feet are still swollen. So explain that whole, that whole journey to people. Well, an ultra is anything over, over 26.2 miles. So anything longer than a marathon, marathon is considered an ultra. If you run 26.3, you've done ultra. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's intense. At least, at least that's word on the block. So yeah, uh, I've done a few of them, uh, and after reading Goggins' book, that's what that's what got me into it, man. I saw that, and I was like, man, if he's running a hundred miles, I I could do it. I didn't start <laughs> off with a hundred miles, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I started off with some smaller goals, but you know, I I eventually got there. Well, dude, so explain explain what a, what going a hundred miles feels like, because okay, honestly, that's a huge that's a huge feat of physical fitness. You know, most people are just trying to run the 10K. They're just trying to run, you know, the half marathon, the full marathon. And anyone who runs a 10K, half or a full, that is a pretty long time to run. I couldn't even imagine basically 24 hours of straight exercising. Yeah. Uh, so this 100 mile that I just completed, uh, you know, yesterday or the day before, I've kind of lost track of days because I ran into, you know, I, I was running through two of them. Um, it took me around 30 hours to complete it and the, and the funny thing is man I've never been a strong runner I mean even before uh going to the citadel you know you had to meet the physical requirement for push-ups sit-ups and you know two mile run yeah so I, w I went out and I ran a mile uh probably months before I uh you know we got matriculated in the school and I couldn't even run a mile I couldn't make I couldn't make the set physical standard time I was like god I'm screwed but this um this hundred miles man you you feel so many highs and lows and it's incredible that's insane well let's talk about um well first of all kudos to you for getting through that because that's pretty savage um well, thank you and i wanted to ask you sort of as we dive into 
today's conversation. Um, what was one of your biggest challenges in life? And if it was the hundred milers, then that's, that's motivating. But what was one of your biggest challenges in life? And then, and how did you, what'd your mindset look like, like getting through all that? So since you, uh, when, when you sent me those uh, questions, I started writing down. I've, and honestly, man, uh, some of my life's challenges, the biggest ones um, have led me to believe I could do this. But uh, whenever I was growing up in middle school, I got called gay a lot and I was bullied a lot in sixth grade. Huh. And um, shit, I was bullied for like half a year. And I mean, that really took a toll on me because I didn't even, I never talked about it with anybody and uh, I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. It was just something that I tried to shut out. The only person that I've really told was, um, was Nikki, which is this uh, girl I was dating and me and her had a really tight relationship. And so I let her know about that. But besides that, I just try to shut that out of my mind. And that's something that um, I never thought that I'd be able to get out of that, you know, because you're just living in the moment in middle school. So anyways, yeah. what I did, to, what ended up uh, stopping that was I'd, I'd had enough. And so you know, the middle school mentality, how do you get a, how do you get a bully to stop bullying you? Well, you tell him you want to fight and hopefully you win. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I told him to meet me outside after school. And he you said, catch me outside. Out. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So I told him to meet me outside. He never showed up and it ended from there. It's so, motivating. <laughs> after the bullying in middle school, though, man, um, I got into high school and everybody's trying to figure out who you are. You don't know you're trying to figure out who you are, but that's what you're doing. So you're hanging out with a lot of different crowds and um, you know, spending time with a lot of different uh, people. And uh, I started hanging out with a lot of the wrong crowds, man. I started drinking whenever I was young. I probably had my first beer at like 12 or 13. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and um, it just kind of spiraled out of control. There was one time where, uh, me and a group of friends went out to the beach and I was 14 years old. I was uh, real close to going to get my permit yeah. for driving. And we went out on the beach and we drank four locos and I drank so much alcohol that um, people got concerned about me. I had the, had the cops called and I ended up getting picked up and taken to the fire station and they were testing my blood alcohol level. And, um, they called my dad, my dad had to come pick me up and that was horrible. And, and then from there, I never got into anything like that again, but, uh, I would, I would keep hanging out with the wrong crowds and there was a lot of drunk driving that I did in high school. There was one time where uh, I went out of this party after after drinking for a little bit. I decided to go out to this other party that was about 40 minutes away. I went out there. Yeah. Drank and, um, and got pretty got pretty trashed. And driving back, I, uh, I pulled into my neighborhood. Thank God I made it back to my neighborhood. But I thought I was behind one of my neighbor's houses, a different neighbor's house. And so I knew his driveway was in his front yard. So I tried going to his front yard, but I was not at his house. I was behind another neighbor's house <laughs> and um, there was no driveway in the front. It was off to the side. It wasn't in the middle. And um, they had a, they had a pond in the middle and thank God they, uh, 
it just rained like a few days before and the grass was soft and uh, I got my truck stuck in the middle of their front yard <laughs> at like three in the morning. And, uh, wow. So that was, that was pretty tough for me. I smoked weed a lot. I, I smoked so much one time that I ended Dang, up. Dang, dude. Up. <laughs> it's, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've been out there. Uh, the high school was rough for me. Yeah. Well, then I was going to ask, um, the follow on question was going to be, um, did you, did you have a, a faith relationship, um, at all during, during this process? And was that something that wasn't developed until afterwards? Because I know that, you know, I mean, you and I have gone to church together, so that's, right. that's years and years later. So no faith was, uh, I, so I grew up in the church. I went to church you know, every Sunday till I was about 10, 10 or 11. My parents just wanted to introduce it to me. Yeah, of course. Mom's got, mom's got a strong faith. Dad's just supportive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, being that I grew up in the church, I knew there was something there, something that you could rely on, something that, um, you know, when times get tough, people turn to. Um, but during high school, during middle school, there was there was no faith. I wasn't I wasn't thinking about that. That wasn't on my mind. Um, if if the going got tough, or if I was hanging out with the wrong crowds, um, there I didn't really go and rely on anything. I I just kind of kept that stuff sheltered to myself, and um, you know, I, it it was just mistakes on my part. And I would just say, you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on. So yeah, faith was a uh, faith was non-existent. But um, here so lately, have you have you noticed a difference in now that you um, now that you sort of have you know a, a little bit more of a faith faith-filled relationship? Um, do you notice a difference in using your faith as a as the resource to get you through a lot of challenges right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I was. Uh, and those in those last miles, about hundred miles, I was asking God for His strength to finish. I was like, uh, you know, I I got people that are relying on me. I need to show others what uh, what you can do. And so uh, I I knew that there was something that was bigger than me that was gonna have to help me finish that. Yeah, that's amazing. I was, hurt. I was hurting so bad. Well, talk to me about those last those last ten miles because I feel like that's not only applicable to the race, but I feel like that's applicable to most of life situations, those last 10 miles metaphorically. Yeah. That, that, uh, the last 10 miles, I really had to break down hmm. looking at it at 10 miles when you've gone 90 miles and you looking at, you got 10 more left. I mean, 10 miles is still, that is a long run for me to go get up on a regular Sunday and go run 10 miles. I would say <laughs> that's a long run for the day. And um, yeah. I, yeah, you look at that and uh, you're like, wow, how am I going to do this? And so what I did was I, um, I was at one side of the Ravenel Bridge in Charleston. Okay. And running back and forth um, over that bridge is five miles. And so I said, okay, I'm going to run over that bridge and that is all I'm going to be concerned about is getting to the other side of that bridge. I had to take that big goal and I had to break it up in small chunks. So I said, okay, I'm going to get over there. Yeah. I got over to the other side of the bridge and I was like, well, now I'm away from my car. If I want to leave, I got to get back. 
And uh, so I, I ran back. I got to the car. I said, okay, now I've got, you know, five miles left. Um, I'm going to do a little out and back over near Patriots Point where, yep. um, you know, just another, just another road off, off, off the bridge. And I'll try to rack up a little bit more, and then I'm going to run down Coleman's Boulevard towards uh, Sullivan's Island and, and try to rack up a little bit more. And so, anyways, I got back to the car again after going towards Pacers Point, and I was at, like, 97. And so I was like, okay, I have three miles left. Still, three-mile run is a daunting run, especially for, you know, that's for anybody. Three miles, is that's a good little run for the day. Yeah. And so I knew – that if I walked away from my car a mile and a half, that I had to walk a mile and a half back. So that's what I did. I made myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just made myself do it. Dude, I did that one time um, just to relate to the walking away from the house. I ran like, I think it was like three miles away from my house in, in Charlotte. Yeah. I was like, well, I have to go to the bathroom and I'm thirsty. I have to turn around. <laughs> I have to go the same distance back. You know what I mean? That's, that's the best way to get those miles in. Yeah, if you, you know, breaking down a, a 10-mile run is hard. But you say, yeah. hey, I'm going to run five miles away from my house. Once you get, once you get to those five miles, you got to run it back. <laughs> yeah, you got to get, get home at some point. That's right. <laughs> that's savage, man. I think that's crazy. So I want to dive into um, – the the concept of the last 10 miles but then also what what you recommend people to do uh during times of like hardship and if they're if they're facing like you know whatever their last 10 miles looks like in life you know what what are some things that people can do to overcome these challenges um whether it's the way that you think or the way that you you use like your faith like what is what does that look like you know uh looking at the last 10 miles and, uh, and, and trying to figure out what your life's purpose is and trying to figure out your goals and everything. What I did, something that helped me was writing down my values. I wrote down what I valued in life. I would make goals based on those values because I know I had to fulfill my values because that's what, that, that's, that's what you're concerned about. From there, I would have values based on family, um, you know, Having, having no regrets in life, um, wanting to test myself physically, mentally, just, to, just see how far I can go. And so from there, I'd write goals down. And then I'd break those big goals down into small goals because, you know, you can achieve the small and it all build up to the big, which is what I did in those last 10 miles. Hmm. I knew that the, the 10 miles was just daunting for me. I couldn't, I couldn't run 10 miles. Couldn't think about it, but I could run a mile or walk a mile. I was, yeah. uh, man, I was walking like 40 minute miles. I was hurting so bad at the end. You just, you <laughs> dude, that is slow. <laughs> oh my slow. gosh. And so oh it was just gosh, one dude. step, one step in front of the other. And, um, <laughs> one of my buddies messaged me, Scott, actually, he messaged me on Instagram and, um, he told me, you know, you know, keep getting after. And I said, yeah, man, I know, but uh, I'm walking right now. And he said, you know how, uh, how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I was like, Roger that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, 
That's like, cause I reached out to you. So obviously the, right. You do. The listeners at this point know that we're friends. So yeah, when Lee, Lee was posting on his Instagram story of, you know, he was what, 70 miles into the race. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know you were doing the race until I saw it online. And, um, <laughs> dude, you looked miserable. <laughs> you were like, you're like, Hey guys, I'm 70 miles in. And I was like, all right, well, my friend is going to die today. <laughs> and this is horrible you look messed up he's like and you're and you just go i'm really hurting but gotta keep going i'm like dude are you even are you sleeping right now like what is happening <laughs> so i messaged you and i i said um if you don't quit you win and i i got that from my dad that line at least for me specifically i mean i know i mean you told me later that that helped you but Oh, For me personally, that whole concept is what I think needs to be shared with a lot of people. The whole, if you don't quit, you win. Like no That's one's right. asking, no one's asking you Lee to like run the entire time or like beat the world record or like get first place or just don't quit. That's right. And it's, it's not really that challenging in my brain to not quit because Quitting lasts forever. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And that just leads to regret. But I think that's, I think there's a difference between quitting and failing because, I mean, you and I have failed hundreds of times. But I'd rather fail than quit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That's some good stuff, though, man. I, oh, my gosh. What's, uh, what's like a mantra that, you, that you've been living by recently? Well... Something that I was telling myself whenever I was running um, was that I was only at 40% or 30% or whatever. I don't know what percentage. A lot of people say, you know, hey, once you start hurting, you're at 50% or 40% or whatever. You're just, you're, you're never at 100. That's the big point. You're never at 100%. So don't give up so easy. Um, one of my friends, my roommate right now, actually, he, uh, he was a rower in college and um so one thing that they would tell each other is don't get off the erg because it's like you know row erg um and so that's what i tell myself too is is don't fall off the erg that's savage i love that (laughs) yeah and uh another thing evan i uh man i didn't even know that i was gonna run this hundred miles until uh i i actually ordered some stuff um these nutritional packets uh you know like goose or whatever yeah yeah i bought this 100 mile race nutrition plan um on friday and i was like uh and then i didn't work out on saturday me and scott got up at like 4 30 in the morning to go turkey hunting and um so it got around five o'clock i took a nap on the couch and i was like man i feel bad i hadn't worked out today um so i told myself that if these goose come in well We'll see how I feel, and if I if I feel okay, I'm gonna go run this hundred miles. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so these goose came in about six o'clock on my doorstep. So I sat and I thought for a minute. I started packing all my stuff for the for the um for the trek, and I called mom and I said, "Hey, I'm about to go do this." And um, I told her the route that I had planned out in Charleston, and she said, "I'd rather you run in more." in a more lit area. And so the first 50 miles I ran back and forth across the bridge until it got light outside. And uh, Dude, that I is started... brutal. 
<laughs> Bro, the bridge is not flat. For those of you that got, okay, for those of you that don't know, Charleston has this Ravenel Bridge. Um, or what is it? The, uh, the Cooper River Bridge. Yes. It's, it's the Ravenel Bridge. Yeah, the Ravenel Bridge. This thing is ginormous, okay? It is like, okay, basically, if you just search Charleston online, you'll see what the bridge is. It is huge. And it's got this, <laughs> these heinous, it's like, it's like a hill. Basically, it's a giant hill. So you got to go up, and then you go down, then you turn around, then you go up right all over again, then you go right back down again. So my opinion, my dude, if I had to run 100 miles, the bridge would be the last place I'd ever think to even touch. <laughs> like if someone's like, all right, man, what's your 100-mile route in uh, Charleston? I'll be like, uh, downtown, because it's flat. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, you don't want to hit the bridge? I'm like, bro, the bridge is like, <laughs> it's like a mile straight of a hill. Well, I had to run in the lit area. I had to tell, you know, make sure that mom knew that I was being safe. So, because a, a lot of people look at you pretty crazy whenever you're running around at two in the morning. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, you're insane, so, yeah. dude. That's crazy. So, I started doing that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it just unfolded from there. Once I got 50 miles in, I was like, all right, well, I feel good. I can't stop now. That's incredible. Any, um, any other tips, tips and tricks for the viewer's pleasure? Yeah, don't give up so easy. You don't know what you're capable of. After running 100 miles, I know I'm not at 100%. I don't, think we, will, I don't think we will ever know what the physical limit on a human will be. And then once you do figure it out, that person's dead. Keep going. That's if it, uh, one thing that helped me out was telling myself that I was at 40%. I said I would be walking, and I said I'm at 40% right now. I'm hurting. I'm at 40%. What does 45 look like? And I'd start jogging. And I'd be like, okay, well, what's 50 look like? And then I'd start running a little faster. And at the time, five minutes before, I didn't even think I could jog. And then I was, I was jogging up the bridge. And so, oh wow, ne never give up on yourself. Yeah, there was um, there was a story um, relates to running. This I forget what her name was. Apparently, she holds like she holds a couple world records. I'm pretty sure for running. Oh, dude, I want to say it was like almost 200 miles, like mm -hmm. something crazy. I think she was an Olympic runner at some point, but she she got really big on like the ultra marathons. Well, anyway, she was being interviewed by somebody and I'm pretty sure it was Joe Rogan that was interviewing her. And she was talking about how powerful sleep was when she was doing that race, but not like sleep that we think of like get like a nice eight hours. Like she was, she said she was running on a trail. It was muddy raining. She was exhausted. She was basically falling asleep while running. Right. Mm -hmm. And she like literally couldn't keep her eyes open. And I think she, remembers like she remembers someone waking her up but she was still running like someone was trying to keep her awake right so they were like hey lay down on the side of the trail for like for you gotta you guys to here for like 20 minutes she goes no set your timer for two minutes and they're like what she's like i'm sleeping for two minutes <laughs> and so right. she lays down and immediately just goes right to sleep right and two minutes later, her coach or whoever, like the partner that was with her to keep her like, you know, from dying, 
um, woke her up. And she said that when she woke up, from, when she woke up from that two minute nap, she felt like her whole body was like new. <laughs> What's crazy about that? Whenever I was, whenever I finished at seventy four, and I and I told and said how crappy I was feeling, I had to come home, let the dog out, and get him to eat. You know. Yeah. So I went and laid down on the couch, and I told my roommate, "Hey, <laughs> I'm a nap for like fifteen minutes, okay?" Yeah. Um, and as soon as I uh, the alarm went off. He uh, came and checked on me. He said, "Hey, you gonna finish this? Uh, you gonna finish this out?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess so." And um, so I got up, got in the car, got out to Mount Pleasant, and I started running. And before, what I was doing throughout this race was doing six minutes of running, four minutes of walking. I heard that was good um, from a guy that uh, had run a few hundred mile races. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, his name's Chad Wright that um the navy seal oh okay anyway, yeah 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 so I, I i was following that protocol and um so i got back up mount pleasant i was like okay let's do the six minutes on four minutes off so i ran for those six minutes and i was like damn i feel good i can keep going <laughs> so i ran seven miles straight <laughs> <laughs> after running 74 man i felt like i had a brand new body i felt like i hadn't run a mile before that is insane so yeah, sleep is sleep is incredible. It's um it's that's whenever I figured out I was like, man, it is incredible what the human body can do. Yes. Incredible. That's savage. I love that dude. That's really inspiring. Um I'm sure people are gonna see this and be like, wow, this dude's a psycho. But um I mean, look, we're all the same, really, at the end of the day. It's just how we think that might make us seemingly different than the next person but it's like you said man every single person has the ability to achieve a lot in life um and i know that for us personally we we lean on you know we lean on god to get us through a lot of these big challenges because dude you're right those last 10 miles it really isn't about your own strength most of the time it's not even about that to begin with um right. when we think about running 100 miles i mean yeah like you are the person running but there's so many different examples of really good athletes or, or endurance athletes that they even say like, look, it's not even about, it's not even about the training at that point. Like you're already fit enough. If you're able to do it, you're able to do it. You know, like the body is strong enough to do these things once you train for it. But it's like, you're saying those last 10 miles, it's all, it's all that mental push. And then it also tests your spiritual strength. Absolutely. You know, because you can sit there and be mopey popey about yourself and that, you know, your legs are tired and you could think of it like me, 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 when really mm -hmm. what you did do was like, God, you got to start stirring up that supernatural strength because I need some of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. That's, I mean, that's exactly it, man. No, but he's literally the reason why, like, he's the reason why most people get through stuff like that because they, we can't as humans, we're not strong enough at all, no. you know? So no. I think that's super inspiring. Hopefully that, hopefully this conversation allows people to realize that the last 10 miles might be grueling, but everyone can get through it. I appreciate you, Lee. You're an absolute savage. <laughs> and you are, Thanks, just some, you are just on some next level motivation right now, dude. Man, thank you. 
I had a lot of people message me over the in Instagram throughout and uh, really, man, that support. Whenever you told me not to stop, I was like, <laughs> all right, well, these next few miles are for Evan. Let's get some. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love that. Because <laughs> I swear, dude, you were like, it was like telepathy. Uh, <laughs> whenever you messaged me that. Because <laughs> I was hurting bad and you said don't stop. And I was like, all right, well, got to listen. <laughs> Hey, but it was it, it's a pleasure to share this and and talk with you, man. And uh, I'm honored to be a part of this podcast you're doing, man. I love it. It's right up your alley, and I know you're doing great things, Evan. So, all right, everybody. Well, that's all we got for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to the next conversation next Sunday. And remember, always keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs>